Do, do you know what the trip is to a good Irish golf trip? This is from Jed Sprague. Afternoon tea time. That's the key. King Wolf Creative presents Pints and Putts, a podcast for golfers and craft beer lovers. Hosted by Burke Cullinane and Justin Bedard. This is Pints and Putts. Cool, man. Well, the weather, you said that weather, like the weather, well, it was lovely. And uh, now it's absolutely pissing rain. So that is why, that is why when you come to Ireland, you uh, you bring plenty of layers. You don't bring waterproof, you just bring layers. And you peel them off one at a time. Because it could be, this will go in like 20 minutes and it'll be whatever it is today, 16 degrees Celsius. So it's like warm, sweaty conditions and wet. I- idyllic. <laughs> I think it's like 70. I don't know. It's like multiplied by five, divide by four, something like that. Uh, who am I and what do I do? Pay Talks Golf, uh, run a professionally unprofessional podcast in Ireland covering Irish golf, the stories in it, the people in it, the people behind the, the people behind the desks and receptions, the director of golf, the pros, the, the top amateurs in the game, the Irish professionals, anybody in it who wants to talk about golf really. And if you're Irish, great. And if you're not sure, we'll talk genuine. I've played. I've played uh, in California. So my day job is with a tech company based in the Bay Area. So now that down to about a hundred companies, and um, yeah, so I've been lucky enough to have the opportunity to go over for training and for an event and stuff. So I've been twice. So I covered Olympic, Olympic Club Lake course the first time, and then two years ago, November two thousand nineteen, was Carca um, Park. I'm a big Ving Soul fan. I was there the year before that when they launched the shop there. And then um, Hardy Park. So that is my experience. Golf in America. Oh, and some and some dodgy nine hole in upstate New York and a buggy with beers. I can't even remember that. So. <laughs> yeah, the beers are more important than the buggy or the golf that day. Um, the people, it's a walk. So like in Ireland, you, you very rarely take a buggy. Um, it wouldn't really be the done thing here. Generally in the top courses, you need a medical exemption to get a buggy, um, to keep the dunes protected and stuff like that. And that, that I suppose that's the one thing we kind of take for granted. Like when I went to America, I'd want a buggy, sir. And I was like, well, I'm not 90 years of age. Uh, so no. 
uh, <laughs> you know, thinking I'd need like a doctor's pass or something to use it. Um, it's just not the culture here. You, you, you enjoy the walk, you embrace the walk, you talk to your partners. And buggy golf is a bit alien to me. I've, I've done it a couple of times. It's like, you don't really talk to the other two guys that are over there in the other buggy, you know? So at least when you're walking, you generally hit your shot, you reconvene in the middle of the fairway, you walk the next 100, 200 yards together, having the chats. And yeah, that, that's the, that I suppose is the difference a lot of people don't realize. If you actually get to know the other three people you play with quite well, it's five hours or four and a half or five hours, uh, with someone or, or with three people you might necessarily know or if they're buddies of yours then you definitely get a deeper relationship in terms of the style of golf um, it's, it's like any it's anything it's course dependent um, you have a lovely selection of links course in Ireland where you could play you know I'm a member of the Hinch you could play the Le Hinches, the Trillies the Waterbills and it's it's a test it's a fair test but you're not, if you're not in the fairway you're generally can I curse on this podcast I can if you're not in the fairways you're generally fucked right if you can't see the ball it, it's not there just drop it move on um but there is another other like options like dukes or Castle gregory or connemara links dingle where they are let's say much fairer you know they wouldn't have the the national championships on them or the top of amateur events on them so they're more adequate i suppose for your more average golf but that's not saying that you, you can't play the top courses and that i suppose is a big difference between us in america is if you if you have the money, you can just walk in off the road and play whatever golf course you want. Bar one, I think. Bar one. I'd say... Um, it's dependent from my experience and people I've spoken to on where you're from. So I would say some courses around Dublin, it's very much, um, it's very much, I suppose. So where I'm from, if you're from Lehinch, you're, you're a member of Lehinch, doors are open. You know, as a junior, yeah, come on away in, play golf. It's the same for any, I suppose, village town in Ireland that has a golf course attached, which is kind of like Scottish golf a bit. Um, it's an option. You want to play golf when you're 10? Come on away in. There you go. It's 50 pounds or 100 pounds. It used to be 100 euros now for the year. You know, that's like two months gym membership if you're an adult. So it's, it's very affordable if, if for bringing your kid. Um, as an adult, it's a, bit, it's a bit more difficult to get into the game, to be fair. You know, so we have a lot of like, a lot of my work colleagues are like in the early 20s to late 30s taking up golf now. And, they're at, and that's where it's somewhat for us that's an investment. You know, it could be up around Dublin, maybe up to $2,000, we'll say, for your listeners, a year, which in America might be a month, right? But in Ireland, that's a year. Uh, and that's deemed as expensive because we're comparing it to the soccer clubs or to the gyms, which are, you know, 300 to 500 euro a year. So for someone new to the game to see, like, return on investment, what they get out of it, it's it's an investment, like, before you buy clubs, you know? Um so, so that's kind of um, the cup, but that's where like they're young and successful working professionals, and they see the game as perhaps playing part in their role, you know, as a working professional. Um, you know, you, you can get a couple of days off a month with partners and with customers, and and play some golf and get paid for effectively, because it's for work. But outside of that, outside people who are like organically taking up the game, yeah, it's kind of seen as a very, as a very old traditional sport. And, um, you know, my parents, like I'm the only golfer in my family and extended family, you know, and none of my cousins play, none of my parents play, none of their extended family play. I just picked it up because um, the hinge was nearby and, and good to us. You know, I was I was able to go in and, and, and try it out and um, a bit more difficult in, in other parts of the country where not that clubs are closed, but clubs are seen in a more traditional way of, oh, that's where the bankers go or that's where the solicitors or attorneys that's for that, those people, like the upper echelons of society, which isn't true. might be true of very small, minimum amount of courses. Um, but we all know who they are, right? But that's like waiting list and joining fee and you better know a couple of members and, you know, I'm your mate, I'll get you in, blah, blah, blah. Very few of that around, which 
the general public do not know. 95% of golf courses want you to come in. Oh, big time, yeah. Even I'd say in the last five years, but definitely since like our lockdowns opened up, golf was one of the few sports that opened up before everything else. And it's been um, massive for the industry. Like, I'm not in the industry. I'm on, I'm on the outside looking in and trying to learn about it more by having conversations with people in it. But even I'm, I'm getting more involved with my local course from, a, from an aesthetic perspective in terms of content creation and whatever to help them out because we just don't do it. You know, the, the average age of the the membership is over 55 over 60 um, and they're and they've realized okay we like they've always been open but they need to tell the local community that they're actually open you know they've all kind of assumed well we're here they don't let it know we're here so come on in but nobody really knows that message so that's the flip side it's becoming more popular but also golf clubs are changing the way perhaps um they're being more proactive in how they're they're seen in the community as well. Yeah, I suppose I I went to what you call high school. I suppose at twelve years of age, and three or four of my best friends played pitch and put after school, which is par three, so maybe holes of anywhere between 30 yards and 90 yards. And it was across the road from St. Flannan's College in, in Ennison, County Clare in Ireland, the West Coast. We played like three or four times a week. That was for the first year. And then that summer, they all went playing golf. So I said, well, I want to stay friends, so I'll go play golf too. <laughs> and that was it. Uh, and then um, Lehinch was closer to me than, than the course they were at, so I kind of had a membership in a couple of places. But like, at 10, 11 years of age or 12, you could do that. You know, it was financially affordable. It was like 200 quid for, for both for, for the year. So mi minimal for, for, for where our, our family was at. I mean, it was very open for, for junior members at, in the mid-90s. That's how old I am. Love it. I normally save this at the end of mine. <laughs> oh, um, Glendalough whiskey and ginger ale. Whiskey gingers, baby. I was on them all day Monday. My wedding anniversary, it's not just what I do on a Monday. <laughs> so, thanks. Potter. It's a Nike method refurb that I bought off eBay and sent it straight to the refurbishment guy. It's documented on my Instagram. <laughs> it's pretty sweet now. All blacked out, blacked out grip from T2 grips. Yeah, pretty, um, pretty. But I am, I do have my eye open for like a, a Scotty X5, but it has to be blacked out. So that's needed in the haystack stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Justin Palmer's has it, yeah. Spicy. Give me all the wings. Give me all the wings. Give me all the wings. Give them to me. <laughs> all the wings. Oh, coffee, yeah. There's big coffee culture in Ireland now, especially with the last, like, five years from people my age going abroad, especially the likes of New Zealand, uh, Australia, and bringing that coffee culture back. So it's, it's, yeah, I'm all about the skinny cappuccino with the extra shot or the mocha froco chocolate latte or whatever you want to call it.
I'm going for the independent coffee shops. Yeah, don't really go towards the Starbucks or the the Costas of this world. It's very much like I my wife calls me a a coffee snob. So for for example, the coffee shop I go to, they roast in the front of the shop, in the back of the shop, and they pour it at the front. That's how I get it straight from the straight from the factory floor. That's how I want it. Shout out to the photo guy UK. And to the guys, um, KNG, Kingdom Golf, they do a podcast in Canada. They're starting out with the, the head cover on that. So I'm going to actually take some better pictures of that. Fucking deadly. Anyway. <laughs> Take every advantage you're given. Yes. It'd be primarily hoppy over here. There's a big like craft craze of craft beers in Ireland. Ah, but like those breweries and micro breweries popping up everywhere. Because the brewery comes to the distillery and gin comes first, then bulk, and five or six years later there's a whiskey, right? So um, yeah, that's big here. It'd be hops. It'd be Lock Thirteen Brewery. They do a range. Of, they think they have a sour beer as well, but again, it's more paying the extra because you don't need to drink as much, right? You're saddled after not too many. It has its place. It has its place. I mean, in line with the etiquette of the game and and of the people around you, you know what I mean? There are certain places I would do it and wouldn't do it. But yeah, it has its, absolutely has its, has its place, absolutely. In the hints, that'd be like the fourth hole on when the clubhouse can't see you no more. <laughs> I lived in Italy for two years, so you can fuck right off with your pineapple. <laughs> right. Jesus Christ. Sacri- sacrilegious stuff. Sacrilegious stuff. Jesus. <laughs> oh, promise. Or walk. Walk and take plenty of pictures. If it's not a competition, carry. That's not like a club tournament, I'll, I'll carry it yeah, if it's competition, yeah. I'm actually looking at um, like an electric one. Because I'm getting old now, and when you're pulling a trolley up hills, I'm getting like a pain at the top of my shoulder here. And that's from yanking it up fucking sand dunes. So I'm looking at investing in like a, one of them, one of them <coughs> trolley yokes. But, um, but that'd only be pulled out for like competition golf. Yeah. Little Sunday bag for everything else. Anything casual Sunday bag. No, there's ample room. There's ample room in the majority, of course, for two people to walk side by side on the, the path between tees and fairways. Yeah. Just, like, I, I'm fit enough these days. <laughs> I'm fit enough to carry all the way around. It's just that percent. 
that extra percent that is that one day when it's windy as well as pulling as well as whatever. I don't want that to come in on like this 16, 17 points. Like, yes, nearly finished now. I don't want that to be um, a factor. So it's just, just that, just the, the possible tiredness factor. Yeah, yeah. This is the origin story, the origin, it kind of talks about origins. Um, I think I listed on the on the website, I wrote that like a, I was that like a year ago, so it'd be interesting now if it's still the same, it's word for word. I loved golf, and, well, I still love golf, loved. I love golf, and when was it, like 2000? I was watching a lot of YouTube, as we all probably do, and it was the same, the same people that we all watch, Rick Shields and Peter Finch, who's an awesome storyteller, uh, one of my favorites, because he's an ex-journalist. Um, the me and my golf boys and Carter and um, James, um, oh, it's a turn of James Robinson golf now is doing very well. And Eric Anders Lang, I started watching Eric Anders Lang early doors. And then I came across Matt Janella and Tom Coyne's books. And I soaked it all in for like two, three years and watched everything and read everything. And then I was like, there's no one in Ireland doing this. There's no one in Ireland, like, playing golf courses and recording it. And I can do, sure, I, I, I fancy myself as being able to create stuff as, as an engineer or whatever. Not an engineer in practice. By degree, yes, but I'm in sales now since. But um, fix problems with a, th with a theory. Anyway, so, yeah, I, I started doing a bit of YouTube and learned, like, self-taught how to, got a camera, got some, in Ireland we can, in January, you you fill out a form, and you might get some money back from the tax man because you possibly paid too much the previous year. So I filled out that form, and I got back pay for like a couple of years, so I had like a grand, which is like a thousand euro. So I bought a camera. I did the first couple on like a GoPro. My wife bought me a GoPro, which is a girlfriend at the time. And I did a couple of videos all on that on my phone, and was ingesting Casey nice that like there was no tomorrow, and um. But I uh, like didn't go to like wearing sunglasses and and Ray Bans and all that kind of stuff in my video. So I was doing YouTube, but like life was busy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, life was busy. You know, I, I was I, I had a job. I, I had a son. I had a wife. I was playing GAA Irish Gaelic sports football and hurling. So I had like three to four training sessions a week and one to two matches a week and everything else. So like YouTube was just taking a phenomenal amount of time. Especially with me not being adept enough at editing and blah, blah, blah. It's like those videos take three to five hours to edit, like a nine-minute video. If you want to edit to the music and cut and have some funky transitions, not even advanced stuff. It takes time. So I did that for like a couple of years, maybe a video a month or every couple of months. And I played Dukes or I played Critch Island up in Donegal, which is manic. It's crazy. Go watch that one. Like... To give you an idea of the wildness and wilderness of Ireland, Cruit, C-R-U-I-T, Ireland, Critch is how it's pronounced. So I tried to do my Rick Shields, Peter Finch impression, go play a course and document it, just to go world at time. But this whole time I was listening to podcasts all the time, and I was, but more so to do with like high performance and sports and the night training podcast was really good. Um, and I like YouTube was taking an eternity, and then I was like, <laughs> 